What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. It's Monday, so time to go over the top waiver wire options for week 15. First week of the fantasy playoffs for I would say 99% of you. Because of that, uh, we're going to have like a little bit of a different mindset in this week's waiver wire video. Couldn't really care less about a player's long-term outlook at this point. You basically have to be producing right now or else we don't want anyone. Like, we're not really stashing. There's maybe, like, a few players we talked about that it's, like, stashing, but it's really just stashing for, like, week, you know, 16 or 17 because we think we might be able to flex them in those weeks. But someone hasn't produced yet, and we don't want them on our team. The byproduct of that is that it's pretty thin at running back this week. Usually we've got maybe, like, Eight to ten options. We talk about players who you know could see a roll down the stretch. Maybe uh, are good like handcuffs in case the starter goes down. Again, at this point, that's just not really the case. We we'll go over five names. Uh, three of them are probably already rostered. So hopefully, you've already figured out running back so far. Uh, but top options, if they for some reason are available, are Zonovan Knight and J.K. Dobbins. Both rostered. I checked in around like. Depends on the site, 60 to 70% of leagues, uh, but I wanted to mention them in case you're in the 30 to 40% where they are available. Knight, going to be the lead back for the Jets the rest of season, uh, has a great schedule, home matchup against the Lions and the Jaguars, and then at Seattle Championship Weekend, uh, and then Dobbins. Uh, honestly, three great matchups in a row at Cleveland this week, home versus the Falcons, and then the Steelers after that, so both of them worth the number one claim, worth spending, whatever you feel like on your fab at this point, go all in. Like if you've got, you know, 40% of your fab left, don't worry about leaving anything left. The odds that there is some crazy value in 16 or 17, like just go all in if you need a player, get to the next round. That's really all that matters at this point. There's no need to like stash the number one claim, any of that. If these two are available, use that claim on them. Uh, step down into Gus Edwards, into Jarek McKinnon. Gus uh, probably going to be used as like the 1B behind Dobbins from this point on. And especially in those great matchups, it's 1B, which, you know, for those of you in like full PPR leagues, you know, it's not fantastic because neither of them are going to catch passes. Dobbins, the better pass catcher. So Gus, you know, isn't going to be that fantastic. But in half PPR, especially in standard scoring formats, if we're getting, you know, 12 to 14 very high efficiency carries, a decent chance of scoring a touchdown. Not a bad option for those of you in half PPR leagues if you need him. Uh, again, he's a player that's just better in standard. And then McKinnon, uh, probably the most likely of the running backs to be available in your league, especially in like a competitive league. Uh, coming off only six carries, 22 yards, but nine targets, seven receptions for 112 yards, two touchdowns through the air absolutely epic day for him looked explosive again we talked about last week how you know he didn't get that many touches and we honestly I did not predict this game happening obviously I don't think many people did but we talked about last week that like he did look explosive like he looked really good if he was ever going to get the touches they were likely going to come in the receiving game because he's never going to go out there and get 14 15 carries like unless we get a game where Pacheco gets injured on like the second play of the game and then they really don't have anyone like activated that week. He's not going to be getting a ton of carries. So don't expect the carries to go up. But man, he looked really good on those receptions. They were using him in the screen game. Like he looked awesome. The only issue is they're probably going to steamroll the Texans this week. And, you know, he's not a running back that if they get up 27 to 3 or something, like they get up big time against the Texans, which 
I think is going to happen. We thought it would happen with the Cowboys. That didn't work, but the odds are Kansas City is going to like steamroll the Texans this week. And if that happens, McKinnon's not really someone that we want that much because they get crushed on the ground with running backs. Well, that's not really what he's going to do. So we'd probably prefer Pacheco in that matchup. But regardless, let's say you're in a full PPR format. You are really desperate at running back, uh, probably through injuries. Because again, no bye weeks and you made the playoffs. So your team can't be that bad. Um, but if you need him, full PPR, I think he's viable. As you move towards standard, definitely becomes less viable. Uh, and then the last running back on the list uh, is the one I kind of alluded to before with like handcuffs is Jordan Mason. That's probably like one of the only ones that I would look at right now. If you've got McCaffrey, it is pretty clear that Jordan Mason is the top backup. And so if you want to just secure that, because I mean, honestly, we're at the point where you know your starting lineup. And so if you've got someone who needs like four injuries to actually make it into your starting lineup, you don't really need to roster them unless you're scared that like someone else is going to start them. But you know what? You hope someone starts someone that's your like you know ninth best wide receiver, something like that. So um, if you've got a player like that that's just kind of on your bench. There's just no way you're ever going to start them. You could kind of swap that up for a backup. The odds that you know a starter goes down and we get a high end backup running back in a featured role is relatively low at this point. There's only a few weeks left, but you know Mason's one that you might want to roster in case that happens uh, for wide receiver. Got a few options. Most of them are really just like matchup-based flexes, not really players that have broken out and we're like, oh my goodness, you know, this is an incredible start. Like we don't have, you know, a Garrett Wilson right now. Like that just isn't going to occur at this point. Um, but hey, you know, some people are still kind of streaming maybe like a second flex spot. Um, number one, I would say is Donovan Peoples-Jones. The matchups actually aren't that fantastic. A lot of the other people we're going to talk about have better matchups, but he's coming off eight for 114. 12 targets, um, and a lot of like deep targets. Like, he was getting work deep downfield consistently, and that was great to see because we talked about in the week before, like Watson had just locked in on Amari Cooper, was targeting him like every play. How much of this was to do with like Cooper kind of being banged up going into the game? I don't know, but obviously it was great to see that like in the, that first week, no one besides Cooper more than three targets. And so it was a little bit of a concern, like, oh, is he just going to lock in a Cooper and just like only throw to him? Well, that didn't happen. We see people's Jones go off. Um, again, great downfield role. Um, he is someone they will use in the red zone. And so I'm not 100% sure how he's going to grade out this week. We'll find that out on Tuesday when those rankings go up, I like go through and do the rankings. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up being flex viable this week, especially against the Ravens, the Ravens that he's playing obviously this week, um, second highest opponent pass play percentage. So they force teams to throw it at a very high rate against them. And if that happens for the Browns, he's their clear number two downfield role. He could have a really good game, uh, high upside. So, you know, he is someone that uh, could be flex viable for sure this week. After that, I'd say it's a duo of Jameson Williams and DJ Chark. Uh, Williams increased from eight to 13 snaps. So going up a little bit, is he going to get to 18 this week? Is it going to be more into the 20s? You know, hopefully we see it grow a little bit faster. Um, but it did have that 41-yard touchdown. Very, very clearly he's going to be a phenomenal deep threat. My lean actually is, like, let's say both of them are on free agency. I would actually lean towards Williams for the simple fact that we're not using any of them this week. They play at the Jets. And so the odds that you didn't have him at all, that you're adding him and playing, like adding Chark or something and playing him at the Jets 
is low. That's probably not going to happen. And so the first week would be the following week. That's at the Panthers. Not a terrible spot, but he probably won't. Neither of them will end up being like high-end streaming options then. And so you're probably only looking at week 17. I've kind of talked about that for a few weeks straight now for Jameson Williams. That's probably the first week we're targeting. Pretty unfortunate that it's going to be like the last week of the season. But if that's what we're targeting, well, that's going to be our best chance of using Williams. Like the hope is that he get up, gets up to like 50, 60% of the snaps by week 17 and we can use him because like if Jameson Williams is playing 60% of the snaps against like a home matchup against the Bears, I'm probably going to grade him out as like a really solid flex option in that week. And so if that's the first time, I would rather just roster Williams for that upside just in case he is getting that snapshot because that is going to directly impact Chark in a negative way. Behind those two, uh, purely matchup-based stashes. Slayton faces the Vikings in week 16. They've been ripped apart through the air this last month. And Slayton's not only a top wide receiver on the Giants, he's their top deep threat. The Vikings have just been gashed by outside wide receivers, wide receivers deep downfield. Like He's set up really nicely, so not this week necessarily for Slayton, but next week if you make it there, he'll be a really solid flex option if you want to stash him. Nico Collins has three elite matchups coming up, home versus the Chiefs, at the Titans, home versus the Jaguars. Very, very likely that the Texans are going to have to have like an elevated pass play rate. And then we know Chiefs give up a ton of production to number one wide receivers. Titans give up a ton of production to all wide receivers. Jaguars, that could just be like a game that's going to be maybe a little bit up pace. Uh, and then we're not like scared of the Jaguars defense. Um, the one concern with Nico is, well, he's going to even play. Like, we don't even know if he's going to be healthy enough to play. But if we get a spot where Brandon Cooks is out still, and then Nico Collins is playing this week as a number one at home against the Chiefs, he's probably going to be viable as a streaming option. And so uh, for that upside, I think he's worth rostering. Um, Elijah Moore, he's shown some signs of life recently. 16 targets over the last two weeks. He gets a home matchup with the Lions this week. So for those of you, I'd say in deeper formats, 8, 10, 12 team leagues, if you've made it to the playoffs, you're probably not picking up Elijah Moore and playing unless you've got like three flex spots or maybe like two flex spots with three wide receiver spots. Like the odds are you're not, but in like a 14 or 16 team league, especially with multiple flex spots, really good matchup. If he's getting, you know, this many targets right now, he definitely has some upside. Uh, and then finally, Alec Pierce and Paris Campbell both get matchups against the Vikings this week. Um, I don't think I have like a ton of confidence in the Colts. I don't think at any point for the rest of this season, I will say that like, oh, love this Colts player. Like especially like Jonathan Taylor. Sure, love him. But really difficult to trust the Colts right now. Uh, with that being said, we've been attacking the Vikings through the air for the past month. And it's worked out like quite literally every single week. Uh, especially deep shots. And so um, that benefits Alec Pierce a little bit more than Campbell. I know Campbell's been a little bit more consistent, but Pierce had that breakout game two weeks ago before the bye. He's a rookie coming off bye. I know it's really late in the season, but typically post-bye for rookies is a really good spot. Um, and also, if you kind of look out at like how he's graded out as a wide receiver, just kind of remove the quarterback play, Alec Pierce has actually been really good this season, probably one of the more underrated rookie wide receivers. And so could he build off that success from two weeks ago in a really good matchup? Absolutely. So I think he's worth rostering. Again, 
probably only starting him in deeper formats, not in 8, 10, 12 team leagues. But, you know, could it happen where he has another really good game? And for those of you in 12 team leagues with two flex spots, you do rely on him moving forward? Maybe. I think there's upside there. Uh, and again, it's the same thing with Paris Campbell. That like Campbell could still go out there and have a really good game this week. Uh, tight end. Four names for you. Uh, top of the list has to be Greg Dulcich. Eight targets in back-to-back weeks. Gets a whole matchup with the Cardinals this week. We will see if the Patriots are able to take advantage of that matchup tonight. I'm like a little concerned that they're not going to just because they paid like a billion dollars to these tight ends. Um, John U. Smith, Hunter Henry, but they just like refuse to use them at certain points. So it's a little bit weird, but you know, Cardinals number one matchup for opposing tight ends. Dulcich is just going to be a really, really good streaming option. He's going to, I don't know where he's going to exactly grade out, but probably in that tight end, like six to 10 range, like a mid to low end tight end one. That's probably where it'll be this week. If that's on free agency, definitely get him. Um, After that, I think you have to have Evan Ingram, 11 receptions, 162 yards, two touchdowns this week, and absolutely monstrous performance from him. And he looked really good. He looked like how we figured he would look someday when he was drafted. If you remember when he was drafted, everyone was excited about him because he was so athletic. He has that like really good rookie season, like everything's trending up. And in the last few years have definitely been a disappointment for Ingram. Um, just a couple rough seasons in a row from like an overall like environment standpoint, but then also like he's been injured. He hasn't looked fantastic. Like even last year, he didn't look good, but he looks really good recently on the Jaguars. The Jaguars offense is really clicking. Like Trevor Lawrence has been phenomenal this last month or so. And even though Ingram doesn't have like some incredible playoff schedule, I think at this point, given that ceiling, given how Lawrence has produced, given that they basically need to win out, or at least they can only lose like one more game rest of season. Like they're going to lean on Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he's going to be out there all the time as a featured weapon. Like, you know, he's going to be probably just a weekly tight end five to 10. Like probably that same range that Dulcich is this week in that like really good matchup. Maybe Ingram takes a step back from Dulcich in week 15 because the matchup is so good for Dulcich. But on average, I probably just really like to play Evan Ingram every week because that's league winning upside. Kelsey has it. Um, when healthy, it's like, you know, Kittle, Kelsey, um, Waller, and Andrews, right? Like we just know they have that league winning upside to where it's like we get into championship weekend. All of them could have, you know, 10 for 102 touchdowns, like easily. All of them could do that. But like Evan Ingram just showed us that he's kind of in that group. And there's basically no one else. Like even the names we'll talk about, like um, Okonkwo is going to be next. Okonkwo is great. And it's like, I like him as like a, a person rest of season that they're going to kind of feature in the offense. Um, he's going to get, you know, five to seven looks every week, some screen passes, some downfield, some in the red zone. But he's he's not going to have 11 for 162 and 2. Like Evan Ingram has that upside. And so uh, that's someone you basically just want to just put in your lineup and just be like, hey, I understand it could be nothing, but he could also win me a championship. So it's a really good player to roster. Um, and then, like I mentioned, Aconquo, um, I mean, we talked about him last week, right? He was one of the core plays on DraftKings. Um, we talked about how they want to just kind of utilize him in the offense, especially with Burks out this last week it just made sense that they would look to him um i don't really have anything new to say other than he looked good again 
they're getting the ball deep downfield in the red zone. Like it just makes sense that if you don't have a ton at this point, like he's a really good streaming option rest of season. Uh, and then finally, Tyler Conklin. Uh, he's been super inefficient as of late, but he's got three great matchups in the fantasy playoffs. Uh, he's got seven and eight targets at least the last few weeks. Again, super inefficient. But if he's getting, you know, seven to eight looks, like that's plenty to be a low end tight end one. Um, eventually he's going to hit <laughs> given that many looks because, uh, you know, maybe his connection with Mike White just isn't that fantastic. But if that's where he's going to project for targets uh, in three great matchups, he'll be viable streaming. But I'll say, like, I prefer all the options we already talked about definitely ahead of Conklin. On to the quarterbacks where, like, let's be honest, like, you should have quarterback figured out at this point. You shouldn't be like, oh, who am I streaming this week? Like, if, if you're trying to win a championship, you just can't be streaming anymore. But three top options are Mike White, Mac Jones, and Jared Goff. White, he is definitely the preferred option among these three. Um, pretty clear they're also, like, perfectly willing to let him throw. Basically, anyone that's not Zach Wilson let throw. Like, Zach Wilson, they hide behind the ground game, hide behind the defense. They don't let him throw. But when Flacco was in there, when Mike White is in here, like, they will let them throw the ball 40, 50 times. Like, White has 57 and 44 pass attempts the last two weeks. That's crazy. Like, they don't let Wilson do that. And so, if that's possible against the Lions, yeah, that's a great streaming option this next week. Um, then you can use Mac Jones after that. He's not very good. Patriots don't have very many playmakers, but he faces... The Raiders. The Raiders make every single quarterback look elite against them. They are a awful defense. Like opposing quarterbacks almost always. I don't want to say always because Russell Wilson didn't look good. Andy Dalton didn't look good against the Raiders. But everyone else has looked really good. Uh, so he'll be a solid streaming option. And then if you're looking to stash, I don't want to play golf at the Jets this week. Um, but, you know, the Lions offense is peaking right now. They've looked fantastic. He's looked fantastic. And so if you want to wait a week, hope you can make it. And then after that, at the Panthers uh, versus the Bears week 17, those will be better options for Goff. Again, I don't want to play Goff this week at the Jets. Then finally, we've got defense streaming options. Number one option, I think, is the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they have a great playoff schedule overall, but they also start off really good. So they're not like backloaded. They get at the Texans this next week, but then they're home versus the Seahawks and then home versus the Broncos championship weekend. So if you wanted to just acquire Kansas City and ride them throughout the fantasy playoffs, that would be totally fine to do. Uh, if you can't do that, then the Vikings are home against the Colts and then also home against the Giants. So they're the one that have a front-loaded schedule as well. I know I've trashed the Vikings for like a month straight, just being like every time we've got a pass catcher or a quarterback against them, you want them in fantasy. Um, but they have upside as a fantasy defense at home against the Colts. The Vikings have allowed the seventh most real-life points in the NFL. Like they've allowed a lot of production, a ton of yards as well, People have been super efficient against them, but they're 13th in fantasy scoring because they've forced turnovers. They've gotten interceptions. They've forced fumbles. That's absolutely a possibility. Like they could face the Colts, allow 20 to 24 points, but still be good in fantasy because they sack them a few times. They, you know, get like two picks, fumble recovery. And then when those things happen, they have chances at scoring touchdowns as well. So not a good defense, but in fantasy, they can produce, especially at home against the Colts. Uh, and then I would stash 
the Chargers for Championship Weekend. They looked fantastic last night, and they get a home matchup with the Rams in Week 17. I know the Rams had that like wild win on Thursday night, but they're still a very bad team, and there's definitely a chance that they um, shut people down in Week 17. Like they've already done so to plenty of people that are injured, but like that could start happening even more as we get to Week 17. And then finally, if we want to pick on the Rams even more, uh, Packers coming off their bye get a home matchup with the Rams this week. So if you want just a defense for this week, again, I, I think Kansas City is a top option. Uh, but the Packers also uh, a really good option as well, again, at home against the Rams this week coming off of their bye. So uh, that'll do it for the week 15 waiver wire video. Full rankings will be out tomorrow on Tuesday and then updated obviously every day throughout the week as I research even more. Uh, I will be back Thursday to go over the starts and sets for this week. Saturday to go over my favorite plays of the week. But that, my friends, is in this one. Hope you all did enjoy. If you did, have a hit the like button and have a subscribe to the channel if you're new here. Thanks for watching.